Why, why was I in this space? Why was I so fucking angry? I had money, I had Rolexes, I had a wife, I, I had kids, I had, I had all this shit. Why was I so angry? And the truth was because I was a fucking liar. I was a liar. And, and when you lie, it, it just, it rips your soul from you. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another amazing and, guys, very exciting episode of The Superman Life. As always, I'm your host, Frank Rich. And, guys, I just got to tell you how incredibly grateful and excited I am to have you here with me today. Man, what a conversation do we have on deck for you. Uh, this week, you know, I had the opportunity to, uh, to get a chance to speak with an interview Probably what you could describe as maybe one of the fastest rising and most influential people on social media uh, today. And uh, he hasn't come out of nowhere. You know, he's been on the radar for a lot of people in the last five or six years. And that's really what we talk about, uh, you know, at the beginning of the conversation. But here in the last 18 months or so, really with the rise of, you know, the division that we've seen, uh, you know, across the world and, um, you know, the, the, the division we've seen here, even within the States, uh, his brand, his company, his message. Uh, and the way that he lives his life uh, is really resonating with a vast majority and a large group of people, uh, myself included. And uh, you know, we go all we go all over the place uh, today. You know, there's not a uh, there's not a clear defined topic um, because there was just so much I wanted to get a chance to speak to him about. Uh, but for those of you guys that don't know yet, uh, here on the here this week on the episode uh, episode ninety two. I had the pleasure of talking with Sean Whalen, the founder of Lions Not Sheep, uh, and the and also the founder of the Lions Den Coaching Company. Now, th those of you that know Sean, uh, which majority of you do, uh, know his story. Know you know coming up and and hitting massive success in the real estate game. You know, hundred plus employees, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in real estate transactions every single month, uh, and all that came crashing down uh, in Sean's life. You know. Uh, went through what he has described as kind of somewhat of a midlife crisis, literally burned his entire world down to the ground. That's his terminology. Um, but what caused him to do that? Where was he at in life? Where was he mentally? Where was he emotionally? Uh, where was he spiritually? And what can we learn from Sean's story? What can we learn from the things that he's had to go through? Uh, now, for those of you guys that are familiar with Sean, knows that he is uh, he, he, he tells it how it is. He doesn't hold back. Um, and I would definitely say that there probably are things that Sean and I don't uh, see eye to eye on. Um, so I'm not fully endorsing everything that, that he says. Um, he's also a fan of, of colorful language, which I, I always feel it's important uh, to just let you know that, that this episode, um, Sean, like I said, Sean just cuts it loose. Uh, so if you're not a fan of the colorful language or if that type of stuff offends you, uh, today isn't for you. Uh, but if, if you're a, a fan of authenticity, uh, if you like being told the truth, um, and if you like sometimes getting the kick in the butt that we all need, today is the conversation for you. You know, we talked the importance of telling the truth and not lying, not lying to the ones we love, not lying to ourselves. most importantly. Um, we talked about the importance of getting around the right type of people. You know, a reoccurring theme here on The Super Life is the importance of mentors um, and being in the right type of environment. Um, we get into, you know, politics and religion and, and, and just addressing 
the current state of the world and the current state of the U.S. Um, and some things that I've, you know, have had the opportunity to talk with some other guests about uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, what is separating the U.S. right now? Why is there this massive division um, in Americans? And, uh, you know, I had my take and, and, and thoughts on that. And I was curious what Sean um, had to say as well. But guys, this is a powerful conversation. Um, anybody that's, uh, that knows what Sean is about, you're going to get him, you know, to the 10x today. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation. I really think it's going to be valuable to you, whether you're, you know, struggling to break through, whether you're uncertain of what you're doing right now. Is, is this all that life is meant to be? Um, this is the kick in the butt that a lot of you are going to need. So without further ado, guys, let's get into today's conversation. Stop lying and get your house in order with Sean Whalen. God bless you. We'll see you guys on the other side. Sean, my brother, welcome to Yo, the Life. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Dude, I, you probably know this, but I've been trying to hunt you down for a while. Um, and I think the best place I want to start, because I could share how, how you and I connected. And I know a lot of people, are going to hear this and immediately, oh my God, Frank, how did you get Sean on the show? Like, well, like, like, what did you do? The same answer is, has been the case with every single guest that I had. I reached out and I asked them. Some of them don't reply. Some of them say yes. But if you can, because I think it's a very powerful part of, 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 of today, how did we end up here? Just, just what was your message out there? And, and, and if you even well, remember... I don't even remember what I had for breakfast. Do you want to figure out my, my email chain? I get like hundreds a day. I don't know. We, we ended up here. You asked. I said, yes. God put us together. You know, social media brought millions and millions and millions of us to this point. And yeah. here we are, man. You know that's, what I'm saying? That's, you got your past. I got my past. Here we that's are. That's the key. That's the key is we all walk around with this supercomputer in our phone, in our pockets. And most people use it as a consumable device not realizing that you have keys and you have basically a direct access to anybody in the world that you want to talk to. Here's, here's how, here's how it laid out. You had been sharing, you were literally talking into a story about another podcast that had asked you and they said, yeah, here's my calendar. You go find oh, a yeah, time yeah. that works for me. And I said, and I could tell, I, I knew right away. I'm like, I, I know exactly how I'm going to get this guy. Sean, I got three nights. I got three dates with a name on it. Which one do you want? You go send them here. And boom, here we are. But it took me asking. It took me just reaching out. So if somebody's hearing this and there's somebody that you want to talk to, there's somebody that you, 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 you're, you're dreaming about, I wish I could have the chance to talk to that person. You have a supercomputer in your pocket right now. Slide yeah. in the DM and keep messaging them until they get back. I probably sent you over the last six months, 30 messages. Not a single response until that last one. But I kept going. I just, I just wanted to start there, but... But like I said, I'm so fired up to dig in today. Um, my notes here for, for today's call says, break some rules. And that's it. That's as far as the preparation. Um, so I think we're going to talk about, like I said, porn, politics, religion. But the majority of people are going to know, know who you are, Sean. Um, you got this massive brand that over the last year, year and a half, I'm assuming that with what's going on in the world, your business has just taken off. My question is, you know, I think when you started this 2015, you know, 2015, 2016, if, if I'm correct, did you at the time foresee the world really splitting and separating into this division? Because really, I, I, I look at your brand and it's really a symbol of what we're kind of seeing lay, playing out in the world right now, yeah. the lions and the sheep. Did you have yeah. that kind of intuition back then? And, and, and if no. not, what, was your, what was your dream and goal of, 
of getting this thing started and how did you how did you kind of get to that point you know it's interesting we're doing a we're doing a big documentary right now that's going to come out this fall on lions not sheep and on my story and and what the lion's den is when i started lions not sheep it was after a divorce and a bankruptcy and a midlife crisis if you will where i burned my entire world to the ground and it came to me one day i was looking at a magazine and there was a, a, a company in Europe that was something like wolves and, and lambs or something like that. And lions, not sheep, just popped into my head. I'd never heard it before. I'd never seen it. And it was one of those things where something pops in your head and you can't get rid of it. Mm. And it's just banging around and banging around. And it got louder and louder and louder and louder. And, and at the time, I, had, I was in a really low place. I had just come out of a divorce. I was working my way out of a bankruptcy. I was trying to gain some mojo back, gain some confidence back. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of it. And so when this came to me, it was like, I know for sure God put it in my, my brain for a reason. I know that everything that's happened for the last six, seven, eight, ten 10 years brought me to this exact moment, to this podcast, to this day, right? Um, but it became literally my mantra. It became like something that I repeated to myself literally hundreds of times a day. And I started looking at every action for just me, this is before I ever made a t-shirt, before I ever even uttered it out of my mouth, before I ever put it on social media. It was just, am I, am, and what, I, what I'm doing right now, am I, am I doing this? Is this, a, is this a lion move or is this a sheep move? Mm. What I'm saying right now, is this like a lion or is this a sheep? And it literally became my own personal mantra where it was like every single thing I do, every single thing I touch, every single thing I say, it was coming from one of those two places. And it, and it became what it is now but literally started as my own personal like resurrection tool mm. resurrection mantra it was just for me god gave it to me for me and obviously gave me the tools and the resources through social media to be able to expand the message and now share that with the world and so it's kind of an interesting story where people think i started this big clothing brand and the whole thing and it it literally was just a mantra that helped me not be a fucking sheep mm. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's what I love about you, Sean. I think you know people see you, they hear you. You're you're in the face. You're a you're a get shit done guy. You're about taking action. But I know because I you know I've read the book. You know I I followed you for a while. All the time I see you. You know you got Azamian Pinkett kind of you know in your pocket. I think daily. So I I look at Sean and I see obviously you know the the abrasive kind of in your face guy. But I know that there's depths and there's and there's layers. You're deep. You're a deep guy, and I don't think a lot of people really, really get that when they when they see you. So you talked a little bit about you know you, you you're at this midlife crisis, and you know you kind of, you kind of got your whole you know your world just kind of burned down. I know the whole story, and I know some people do, but can you kind of maybe take us back to kind of where Sean was mentally? I think you know there's there's a large amount of our audience that right now you know our guys are you know mid to late thirties in, into their forties, and many of them are thinking like, is this all that I have? Like, is it too late for me? And I know you kind of had a 1.0 version and now we're seeing 2.0. Yeah, so talk that's exactly that, where it was. That 1.0 yeah, version, that, like, like who was that and, and, and where were you at mentally kind of that needed yeah. to make this kind of personal, you know, statement for my life. And, and then, yeah, I mean, Google's amazing because you can find out a lot of shit and you can read my story in my book. So I won't spend too much time on it, but I was, I was that guy that was like, is this it? You know, I, I was, uh, I was raised in a single parent home. I was really successful at a young age. I made a ton of money. I didn't have a dad around. I didn't have guidance. I was buying fucking Rolexes and cars and, and didn't really have any financial acumen or, or knowledge or anything along those lines. I got married. We had kids. We lived in the big house. She drove the Escalade. I had the, 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 the boat, the whole thing. 
you know, I had what, what I believed to be and what had been, I had been programmed to believe success was this, I was successful because I had a ton of money and a big house and a lot of employees and a massive office and the whole thing. And I was successful and deep down, I had no fucking clue who I was. I didn't know why I was doing any of this. I didn't have any real foundation of, of why I'm building any of this. And it led me literally to burning my entire world to the ground. Um, and what that literally looked like was me leaving my 10 year marriage, me leaving a $25 million a year company that I started from scratch, me walking out on 171 employees and spending 18 months with my head up my ass, trying to figure out why I was even alive. Not like, how do I make money? How do I do this deal? But like, why am I on this fucking rock that's spinning through the cosmos? Why am I here? And it, and it led me some really, really, really interesting things. I, I became extremely depressed. Um, I was suicidal. I contemplated suicide. I almost took my life one night. Um, and it, and it, it was one of those moments where it was like, I have everything that I'm supposed to have. Why am I not happy? Why am I not over the moon? Why is my marriage falling apart? Why am I an egotistical asshole? Why am I like full, full of pride and, and thinking that I'm better than everybody? Why won't I ask anybody for help? And these are all the things that, that led me to literally burning my entire world to the ground. And I see it today now in, in coaching and, and literally having thousands of clients with Lions Not Sheep is, is that's where most men really are is we're you know, 30, 35, 40, 45 years old. We have the house, we have the kids, we have the car. It's like, is this it? Like, am I, am I supposed to work 20 hours a day for the rest of my fucking life and enjoy it? And, and maybe one day I'll have enough money to buy a snowmobile or a house in Boca. And, and in that process of burning everything to the ground, I literally started over. I left the big house. I, I divorced. I, I, I went on a true journey to try and figure out why I was even here. And I'm still discovering that question and the foundation of that question every fucking day that goes on but I realized that that the singular moment that I understood why I was where I was and why I started to, to go a different direction is because I was a liar I was just mm -hmm. a liar you know your buddies ask you how you doing I'm good I'm good well you know if I know you and I know that you're banging six of your secretaries and your wife's popping Xanax like Skittles I know you're not good so why would you say you're good and I was that guy who was saying yeah I'm good I'm good I'm good I didn't know how to tell the truth. And looking back at it, you, me, I don't care who you are, black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor on this, on this list in this podcast, we were all raised the exact same. We were raised to lie. We were mm -hmm. programmed since we were little children to lie. Sit down, quiet down, slow down. Here's what good is. Here's what bad is. If you grew up in a religious household, here's what you got to do to go to heaven. If you do any of these things, you're going to go to hell. Beg, beg, beg for mercy and beg for some sort of forgiveness. You are a worthless piece of shit maybe, maybe you'll get there. And my entire life was just doing as I was told, performing as, as was expected. And I had no fucking clue who I was. I had no idea why I was doing any of these things. And it led me to an extremely, extremely, extremely dark place, which ultimately ended up being a, a really beautiful place, um, which is, was the catapult to this journey that I've been on for the last, you know, six, seven, eight years. But, uh, it's it's interesting because a lot of people are in this space right now and now that we've got technology and we have cell phones and we have communication we have a lot more exposure of things you're seeing people like having more and more of this conversation um you know but it was a it was a moment in time where it was like 
I don't even know why I'm here. And I think most people listening to this, you know, perhaps have asked that question, but have they actually like figured that out and answered that, that question? And that's, that's a really powerful conversation, man. Yeah. So let's, 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 let's zero in on that there though, too, because, you know, I think, you know, my story is, you know, I didn't have the, the multimillion and the multiple houses in this and that, but very similar thing. I chased really for, for 10 years, kind of one singular focus. I grew up kind of a fat, you know, insecure kid. I got into bodybuilding, you know, my early twenties and for about a 10 year stretch, like my life was wrapped around and my identity was wrapped up in being this bodybuilder. Like I placed my identity, my value in the world when I stepped into a room, was I the largest guy? Was I going to instantly have an impact, have a presence just based on how I looked? And I wasn't paying attention to the internal work. And I had the same thing because I was a online fitness coach. I was trying to impact the world through physical fitness and sprinkled in there was this kind of self-development message. But then I had this moment in time where I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I was beginning to realize like, no, I have some major problems. Like you've been addicted to porn for 20 years and you're keeping secrets. You're, you know, you're, you're leaving a date with your girlfriend at the mall to go up, you know, into the private restroom because you need five minutes by yourself. So I had that same thing where I just had to break everything down. I literally stepped away from bodybuilding, didn't step foot into a gym for like almost a year, lost 50 pounds of muscle to find who I was really in, inside. So maybe here's where we can kind of, you know, actually like if, if the guy's out there, maybe he's having some thoughts. He's like, how do I figure out, you know, what, what my purpose is or, or, or why I am here? What were some of the things that, that you did if you're open to sharing, you know, what you got into or, or how you were able to kind of get to the point where now you realize like life is not a destination. It is a journey every day and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to fail along the way, but I'm doing my best every day to enjoy this ride. So yeah, what were some of the early, you know, early steps that you took um, and, and getting into this 2.0 version of Sean? The first thing was I reached out for help. Now, it's such a weird thing, and it's such an interesting way to say that because I didn't have an addiction. I wasn't addicted to drugs or alcohol or pussy or porn or whatever, whatever. I just, I didn't know how to not be angry. Mm. I remember the night that I put a nine millimeter in my mouth and I woke up the next morning and God had a different plan for me and I didn't end my life. And it was the darkest night of my life where I, I truly thought that my kids would be better off without me. And I remember waking up like so fucking angry, but I didn't know what I was angry at. I, I had gone through the divorce and the bankruptcy and the market crash and the whole thing. And it was like, I was just fucking angry. I was angry. And if you really stop and, and, and look at what's happening in the world today, you can't deny that we are filled with rage and anger and ferocity. We don't even know who we're fucking mad at. We're just mad. 51% of marriages are ending in divorce. Kids are popping pills like never before. Like that, like the male suicide rate is higher today than it was during the fucking Great Depression. Like, stop and think about that for a second. Why? Why? Why Why was I in this space? Why was I so fucking angry? I had money. I had Rolexes. I had a wife. I, I had kids. I had, I had all this shit. Why was I so angry? And the truth was because I was a fucking liar. I was a liar. And, and when you lie, it, it just, it rips your soul from you. And so as I, as I have gone on this journey, I, I realized that like the very first thing that I did is I reached out for help and I reached out to a buddy of mine who was a coach. And I'm like, look, man, I don't know how to not be angry. Like, I know it's not helping me. It's not making me more money. It's not getting me laid. I don't feel good. Like, 
I'm just fucking angry. And he's like, what are you angry at? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just fucking angry. And so we started chipping away at all of these things. And the truth was, I was just lying. And by lying and not being who I really was and saying what I really felt and living my, my, my intention, it was just making me fucking pissed. It was making me pissed. And by being pissed, I lied more. I dug the hole even deeper. And so one of the very first things that my coach had me had challenged me to do was to start telling the truth. And it sounds so simple to, to men like, oh, fuck. If I ask you right now, are you a liar? Most men would say, no, I'm not a liar. Fair enough. Do you tell the truth? Mm. Well, not all the time. You know, I mean, I do when it's socially acceptable or when it's not going to offend my wife or when my boss doesn't, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's the point. That's the exact point. If I say, are you a liar? You're going to say no. But do you fucking tell the truth? Do you speak what's in your soul? Do you speak what's in your mind? Are you radically fucking transparent with your family, with your kids, with your lover, with everybody else? Well, no, it means you're a fucking liar. That's exactly where I was. And so I literally have been on a journey and, and I found, and, and, you know, this is all part of the story and stuff, but I, uh, I went through the divorce and, and, and the entire thing. And, and to make a long story short, I mean, I had to pick up and drop off my kids from a police station. It was that bad, like, like restraining orders against each other, all kinds of bullshit. And fast forward, we got to a part after a couple of years of me pulling my head out of my ass and realizing that I was in 100% control of everything. I was in control of the divorce. I was in control of the anger. I was in control of everything. Like no one makes you feel any way. You're driving down the freeway and a dude throws something at your car and flips you off and cuts you off, and whatever, whatever. That's all fine and dandy. He didn't make you get out of the car and beat his ass. He, no one made you do that. No one made you mad. You chose to get mad. Mm. Your wife said something stupid. That's fantastic. She said something stupid. You chose to be an asshole. You chose to fire back. You choose what you do, how you feel. And, and, and one day I, I literally shared something on social media that ended up going viral. It was the very first post of mine that went viral. And I trace everything back to that singular moment because the reason that that post went viral and the reason that literally all of this has come to fruition and that I've built the man that I am today is because for that, that was the first time in my life that I identified where I told the truth. And I wrote this Facebook post where I was like, I was an asshole. Like it was a picture of me holding my wife's baby and a whole other story about how we even got to that place. But it was this monumental moment where I'm like, holy shit, like I'm sitting here holding this woman's baby who was my ex-wife, who was remarried, all of the freaking mental shit that you could go through. And here I am like holding this kid, having gone through the hell that no one will ever understand. And I literally sat down that night and I wrote this huge post on Facebook. And I was like, I was a dick. I was angry. I was scared. I didn't know how to not be scared. I had so much rage and so much fear in my heart and my soul. And, and I was just a dick. And it was the first time that I ever told the truth and didn't say, well, but, you know, we're, we're, we're angry and we say dumb shit, but it was because he said something to me first. No, 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 motherfucker. No. You say something dumb. You chose to say something dumb. You want to treat your woman like shit. It doesn't matter what she did. And that post ended up going viral. And I learned two things from it. Number one, I learned that, that millions and millions and millions of people resonated with that because of the truth. It was truth. So, I mean, we could break this thing down to like a simple sales marketing 101. Like we want to do business with people that we trust and we like, which is why 
millions and millions and millions of people have gravitated towards the message of lions, not sheep and me is because it's like, look, you might not like what I say, but at least, you know, it's fucking real and it's true. And the second thing that happened from that post going viral um, is I felt better. And so I, I consider myself a fairly smart fellow. I'm like, all right, well, if, if, if the, the ticket to reaching the masses and millions of people is telling the truth and I feel better in telling the truth, I'm just going to keep doing that. And literally for the last seven years, I've got over a billion views of my videos. I have a tremendously phenomenal relationship with my ex-wife that like I built, but it came at, at, at that singular moment of telling truth. And, and this is where I think so many people struggle. So many men, especially as we don't tell the truth, it's weak, it's vulnerable. You can't talk about your fear. You can't talk about that you're scared. You can't talk about that you hurt. You can't talk about these things because you're labeled a pussy. The truth is 99.999999% of every motherfucker that you know, we all have those experiences. We all have those fears. We all have those reservations. We just walk around banging our chest going, yo, I'm an alpha. And I lie my ass off. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, did your Bob killed himself? Bob, I just, he just did a post from Disneyland and they looked happy. Why'd Bob kill himself? Because he was lying. Because nothing in his, in his world was real. No one knew who he was. He didn't even know who he was. A singular moment, a singular moment for me was telling the truth. And it was ridiculously scary. It was extraordinarily vulnerable, but it was one of the most, if not the most powerful thing that I have ever done in my entire life. I think one of the biggest things you said there was right there at the end. It's like, Bob didn't even know who he was. Like the lies like have an impact on everybody telling them to, but the, the deepest impact, the real impact is the lies that you're telling yourself. Because even if you're voicing something out to somebody else, your subconscious is sitting there tracking everything and it's storing this away, storing this away, storing this away. We talk a lot about the subconscious mind and programming uh, here, here on the show. So um, it's, it's, it's a message and personal responsibility is, 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 is what you're sharing. You know, probably, you know, one of the books that's had the biggest impact on me over the last, you know, couple of years has been Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. You know, rule number five, tell the truth or at least don't lie. And it's exactly what he said. You may not always know what the real truth is, but don't tell, don't say something that you know not to be true, that you know yeah. is is a lie. And I mean, you and I are talking today because in 2019, July 8th, the day that this podcast, you know, episode one went live was the day that I decided to tell the truth. You know, I 90 minutes, like I was addicted to drugs when I was 22 years old. I lost a job that was making six figures when I was 22 because I had a coke problem. I got addicted to porn when I was 15 years old and it stuck with me for 20 years. And all the other things that I did was still riddled with these secrecies, but you know, the secrets behind, behind the lens. So this is, this so the is funny thing is you say that not to interrupt. Like the funny thing is you say that, like, I'm like, and great. You fucking did Coke. Who gives a shit? Most people that we know do have done Coke. Oh, you, you looked at titties and pussy. Okay. Well, how, fellas, how many of y'all looked at titties and pussy? Uh, everybody. Oh, you were depressed. Oh, you lost the job. Everybody's fucking dealing with this shit. But we walk around going, no one knows how hard it is. And nobody knows how sad I am. And nobody knows how bad it is. Look, motherfucker, just tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, literally just tell the truth. And what happens is, like, you not only relate to millions of other people and you, you like, solve big fucking problems, but you win more, man. Like, all of these lies are like rocks in a backpack, right? Like, I literally have stood in front of very, very, very powerful men that are like, dude, I, I, I cheated on my wife and I'm like, and now what? And, and all these men and people are like, Oh my God, you mean I'm not like, I'm supposed to just what? 
just tell the fucking truth. You can't build shit. You can't change shit until you're dealing with reality. Great. You cheated on your fucking life. Like I've got, I've got some really, really, really incredible stories around this. And, and, you know, you, you talked earlier about porn. I want to share this just really fast, but like one of my clients and I've shared the story from stages in front of thousands of people. He, he came to the lions, not sheep experience. And his life was in shambles. He cheated on his wife. They had two kids. He cheated on his wife. He knocked up his girlfriend, which is like the worst fucking thing you could do. It's bad enough to cheat. It's another thing to knock up your fucking mistress, right? He's like, his, he's, it's one of those moments where you can't breathe. His life is literally falling apart. And he's like, what the fuck do I do? And his wife decides to say, let's work this thing out. Let's make this thing work. He wants to make it work. And he literally comes to this experience. He's like, Sean, like, I cheated and I went astray because our sex life sucked and I wanted this adventurous sex life and I wanted to have all this crazy shit and all of this stuff. And, and I knew that if I told her that, like, she'd think I was a pervert. She'd think I had a sex addiction. She'd think all of these other things. And I was like, well, I mean, you, you can say what she's going to think. I challenged him. I said, I want you to go home and I want you to literally sit down with your wife and I want you to tell her every single thing that you want. I want you to tell her the fucking truth. Just tell her every single thing. He's like, dude, she's going to think I'm fucking crazy. She's going to think I'm fucking nuts because we as men, we don't talk about all of these things that we want and we experience because why? We're worried about the judgments and the whole thing. Swear to God, he comes home, sits down, takes his wife out to dinner. They have this conversation. He calls me two days later in tears. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, I told her. And I said, yeah. And he said, she looked at me like across the table and said, why didn't you tell me these things? I want them to. And I'm like, bro, you spent two fucking years cheating on your wife, banging around, knocking up some other broad. And all you had to do is tell your wife that you wanted to fucking play with some toys and do some shit. It's just truth. We're the ones who don't speak it. We're the ones that are afraid to speak truth. And the reality is by not doing it, we're fucking ourselves over. Literally, literally. It boils down to that singular action of just speaking truth. So how did we get the guy? Because you, you know, you had, you, you had the rock top moment. You know, you, you, you reached the stars. Everything you, you know, you thought you were supposed to do, you got it. Millions of dollars, business, hundred plus employees, wife, cars, Rolex, all this. So you reached the top and realized it's not there. That's, you know, that's that's one kind of story that you typically get in these life turnarounds. Is the rock top? Then you get the rock bottom. It's like I woke up one day and I was on the streets and I realized like I was the one that was going to have to fix it. How do we get the guy that's kind of like coasting down the middle? You know, that guy that's just kind of like, it's kind of coasting by in, in life. He's, you know, he's got the, the $50,000, $60,000 a year job. They've got the, you know, they got the three bedroom house. They got the two cars, the van, you know, how do we get him to, to maybe start to take action? So he doesn't have to either hit rock bottom or go through all the shit that everybody else has. Is there anything that, that, that they can yeah. do? Does, does he have a mouth just like the rich guy or the poor guy? Of course. Of course he does. So he, he should say the same thing that the rich or the poor guy does, which is the truth. Tell the truth. It's just tell the fucking truth, man. And then, and I don't, I love Jordan Peterson, but like, at least don't lie. I mean, leave it at that. Just tell the truth. Listen, like there, there's the reason that like so many marriages are in contention, right? The number one cause of divorce is what? It's right. sex, sex and money, sex and money are the number one and number two, depending on where you look it up. I mean, it's sex for money, right? like the cheating or the lying or whatever, whatever. And why do we cheat? Why do men cheat? Like, it's really, it's not that hard of a, you could talk to the fucking doctors and get all kinds of other bullshit. Want to know why most men cheat? 
is because we don't communicate with our women. And so all of a sudden we're not getting laid. We're treating her like shit. And we're like, well, she's turned into a bitch. So I'm going to emotionally go over here. And then all of a sudden I start fucking somebody else. I'm like, this is great, but really it's not great. Cause now you've dug the hole even fucking deeper. And it all started with what? You not telling the truth. Simple as that. Like, I don't care who you are, where you are, where you live, how much you ma- money you make. The single greatest remedy for every ailment. This is a Jordan Peterson quote. The single greatest remedy for every ailment on earth is truth. I'm going to repeat that. The single greatest remedy for every ailment, pain, fear, frustration, remorse, depression, is truth. Period. If you're struggling in your relationship, I bet you a thousand dollars it's because you're not fucking communicating. If there's contention, if your sex life sucks, I bet you ten thousand dollars you're not communicating, and not being like, "Yo, dude, uh, baby, I want to." But I'm talking about connection. I'm talking about real truth. We don't do that. Why? Because we've been programmed not to. They're literally. It, it sounds really simple because a lot of people want. To make it more complex, a lot of people love the fucking agony. There's a lot of people maybe listening to this that are not addicted to something. You're addicted to the story. You're fucking addicted to a story. I'm addicted. That's a story, right? Because you literally have the ability to never pop another pill, never take another drink, never look at somebody fucking naked again. You literally have that ability. So saying I'm addicted, it's a story. So the real question is like, what do you want, right? If you want to quit something, tell the truth. But what do we do? We butter it up with, well, I have daddy issues, or I have this, or I have that, or I have all of these things. And what I'm finding fascinating is that people are literally addicted to destructive patterns. They're addicted to destructive patterns. And it's not even the thing that they're really engaging in that's got them. It's the story. It's literally rewriting the story. I'll give you an example. I hate snakes. I fucking hate snakes, okay? I I just don't like them. They're fucking slimy, slithery creatures. My buddy, he breeds them. He came through the lines on sheep experience and who the fuck, he's got some serious screws loose, whatever. He breeds them. He's got like 150 of them. He sells these exotic snakes. I'd go up there and I'd hang out and he'd give me like a little baby one and I'm like, yo, and it's just crawling around. So it couldn't even fucking bite me. It's mouth's not not big enough. And I'm like, fuck, okay, take it back. One day I'm like, I call him, I'm like, dude, I want a snake. And he's like, what? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I want a fucking snake. And I just had some moment and maybe it was a lapse in judgment or something. Anyways, a couple of days later, he shows up with this little plastic thing and the little water bowl and this little fucking snake like this big. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, look, you got to take it out. You got to play with it. You feed it every two weeks. Here's a little bag of mice, the whole deal. So great. He ends up leaving. A couple minutes later, I go over to this little fucker. I pull him out and I'm like, holding it. I'm like, initially I was like terrified. I was like, what the fuck? And he starts crawling and slithering and he's going around my neck and the head. And I kid you not, bro. I'm 42 years old. I've hated snakes since I was a child. This snake comes up on my arm and it's on my hand and he like picks his head up and does like the little snake thing. And he's looking at me and it was that moment where I was like, fuck, I'm going to die. He's going to kill me right here. <laughs> and I'm looking at this snake and I'm like, why am I afraid of this little, this little fucker doesn't know me anymore than I know it. Like, what am I afraid of? And I kid you not, I had this spiritual experience with this snake. 
Because I'm like, why am I afraid of this snake? I've never had a traumatic experience with a snake. And most people, I asked this literally from stage in front of thousands of people. How many of you have ever had like a boa constrictor wrap around your fucking neck and almost kill you so that you have a traumatic? You don't. You just naturally have been programmed. I hate snakes. Why? Because maybe your mom hated snakes or your dad hated snakes or your family just fucking hated snakes. And that was what it was embedded in your brain. You've never had a snake. You've never owned a snake. You've never even had a traumatic experience with a snake. Why do you hate snakes? And I literally, in that moment, this is last year, I like broke down, man. And I started looking at things and I was like, holy shit. How many things am I telling myself? How many stories have I been telling myself, perhaps for my entire life, that aren't even real? You have people that say they're terrified of sharks that have never even swam in the ocean. How the fuck are you terrified of sharks? Because somebody told you to be? Because you watched a TV show and someone else was scared of snakes? Like, we literally live in a world of programming and patterns. And in that moment, I realized, dude, and now I love the snake. My snake's big. I play with it all the time. I'm, I love, fucking love this little guy. Literally rewrote an entire reality for me. It took me 42 years. But in the last 12 months, every aspect of my life, I've just started looking at, right? Both of my parents are fat. You'll appreciate this from bodybuilding. Both of my parents are fat, which means what? 0.000% chance that I could ever have a six pack. Why? Genetically, my parents are fat. The only people that have six packs are motherfuckers that go to the gym and spend six hours a day there. That was a story that I told myself for 40 fucking years. And then I took on this challenge called 75 hard and I got ripped as shit. And I had a six pack, a very defined six pack. And I still have my fucking six pack Two and a half years later, I rewrote the entire fucking story. And it's, it's knowing that the truth is my parents are fat, but I'd never built a six pack before. And once I did it, I was like, oh shit, I did it. That was just a fucking story. And I had never gone down the threshold of buying a snake, really engaging with a snake to realize I wasn't scared of snakes or that I could build the body that I want. And you start processing this conversation and realizing everything from addiction to fears it's just rewriting a fucking story Period. yeah yeah and it's such it's, it's it's such great words that you chose there you know rewriting coding uh this operating system i believe like one of the things i say all the time is like our brain is kind of the filtration system and the operating system how we get to experience and it's being rewritten and programmed every day whether or not we're in control or we're aware of it so are you going to do the things to take the steps and be and, and take charge take the driver's seat of the programming, so I know this is a lot of the work that you do inside the Lion's Den, and, and, and you right. talk about it in your book, and you know, obviously you had to go through kind of rewriting your own story and, and, and figuring out what it was you really wanted. So, you know, what do you, what do, you do with your clients or, or, or what's kind of your formula, you know, to rewrite that past, but then also to get really, really clear on what I want moving forward in the future. Like, how do you kind of get that process started? Well, it, that's a very lengthy, we'd have to have a, multiple hour podcast on it and, and most of the time be face to face but you said something in there that um is really the key and i have asked millionaires this question i have asked billionaires this question i've asked literally ten thousand people from stage this question and it's one of the most difficult questions for a human being to answer the reason i say this and the reason i know this is because i was asked this question by my first coach and it took me almost a year to answer it and the question is, what do you want? Sounds really simple. What do you want? Mm. Well, I want more money. 
How much more money? Like, I want freedom. Well, I have the freedom to fucking stab you in the eye with this pen right now. There's repercussions for that. What do you want? And what I have found is that most people have no fucking clue what they really want. So the guy that's working the 60 hour or the $60,000 a year job, blah, 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 blah. You ask him, what do you want? Well, I want more financial security. What does that mean? Well, I want to make more money. Why do you want to make more money? Well, because, you know, I, I'm worried that I'm going to lose my job. Why are you worried you're going to lose your job if you're getting this check every two weeks, whatever, whatever? Well, my boss is an asshole. Now, all of a sudden, you start drilling down, and you don't want more money. You just hate your fucking job. You, you realize that, like, you're not interested in other pussy and other women. You just want to be able to connect with yours. And all of a sudden, like, you start realizing, like, holy shit, I might not know what I want. And that is one of any man listening to this right now. If you want to know how to radically alter your life, you do two things right now. You write that thing. You write that question down, put it in your phone, put it on a piece of paper, fucking tattoo it on your forehead, write it on your bathroom mirror. So when you wake up every morning, you're walking by, you're looking at your freaking self in the mirror, you're taking a piss, whatever it is. I literally ask myself that question a thousand times a day. I'm driving down the freeway. I get cut off all the time. People look at my Lamborghini and they give me the finger and think I'm an asshole. I'm like, what do I want right now? Do I really want to fuck with this guy or do I want to make it to the gym and work out with my buddies? That question will literally change the course of your life. And the second thing that you need to do is you need to get around people that won't allow you to lie. See, I'm the type of man, and, and you've seen me through social media and this and the other, when, when I ask that question, what do you want? And people are like, well, I want to be happy. Most people in your life right now, if you're listening to this, would be like, I do too. Come here, let's hug it out. What the fuck does I want to be happy even mean? What does that even mean? It's a superficial, airy-fairy, literal, meaningless expression. Well, it's not any fun. It's like, it's just the one emotion. Like, I want to experience all that. I want money. I want happiness, joy, sadness, anger. I want to experience the full spectrum. Exactly. And here's what's interesting, man, is when you really start drilling down on this question, you're going to find some wild shit. You're going to find some wild shit. And here's what's, what's the differentiating factor between an average guy or a guy who might not even be average, who's like depressed, and somebody who's really fucking clear and really happy is the guy as he starts drilling down, who's really happy and who's really doing well, he, he is not afraid to tell you the truth. I was asked this question and it took me a year and I realized you want to know something? I don't want to work. I don't want to work. You ask a man right now, like, which would you rather do? Be on the beach with your kids, playing them for fucking the rest of your life, or in a fucking cubicle. Every single dude who's honest would be like, I'd rather be on the beach. But you ask the average man, what do you want? Well, you know, I want to put in an honest day's work and I want to be able to build. Fuck that shit. I don't want to work. And it took me a year to answer that question. So I was like, all right, if that's the case, then how do I become a multimillionaire if I don't want to work? That means I have to reverse engineer life. And so I literally have made... Uh, an entire business around lions, not sheep, helping people do what I didn't do for 20 years in a career, which is I built my life first. And then I built a business to support it where what we've been programmed to do and what we've been taught to do and what we've all been doing for, you know, 20 plus years since we were 
18 years old, is working our fucking guts out, trying to figure out how to have life, trying to figure out how to have fun, trying to figure out how to be a husband and a father and, and a leader and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, a minister. And we fucking can't figure it out because we're not willing to tell the truth. That question, man, will radically alter the shape of your entire life. It'll radically alter the direction. And one of the, the most important things that you can do is to be around people that won't let you lie. So when you say, I want more money, they don't just go, that's great, me too, high five. Next question, what does that mean? How much more money? Why? When? Yeah, it's like getting, it's getting, getting clear on what you want. You know, that, that's gotta be the starting point. And if you're struggling with discipline because you, you, you don't find yourself like not doing the things that you know need to be done, well, I believe discipline is, is giving up what you want now for what you want most. But you can't know what you want most unless you've asked that question. So if you're not doing certain things that you know need to get done, it's because you don't understand how those things fit into the bigger discipline's picture. Discipline's not, not – I love what you said, and I've heard it 10,000 times. Let me, let me put something else in your pipe to smoke. Yeah. Discipline is just keeping your word. That's it. Discipline has nothing to do with the future. Discipline has nothing to do with sacrificing now for later. Discipline is one thing and one thing only, keeping your word. I will get up at 6 a.m. I will go to the gym seven days a week. I will not eat sugar. I will. Those are declarative statements. And all discipline is, is doing one thing, keeping your word. Somebody who doesn't have discipline is a fucking liar, period. End of story. Because mm. we all have alarm clocks. We all get up. We all get the same 24 hours. All discipline is. It's keeping your word, period. I love that. I love that so much. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put in a, a pipe. I'm gonna put it in my pocket, and I'm gonna use it later well, on. Dude, and, and, and if you, the thing is, is there's a lot of, and you know, this is just you and I chopping up the shit right now. Like, there's so many books that have been written, man. There's so many coaches and so many things and so many ways and this to eight steps to this and this three steps to that and nine steps to this and 11 steps to this. And it's like, look, man, like at the end of the day, you and I both know that to have greatness takes a lot of fucking work, period. Okay. It's just what it is. Not everybody's meant for that. I hate to break it to you, but not everybody's meant for that. Most people listening to this don't have the discipline to fucking get up on time. They, they, they just don't have discipline to keep their word. And that's just a real statement. I ain't trying to knock anybody. Everybody has the same possibility and the same opportunity. They just don't take advantage of it. But the, the, the real truth is like, if you want greatness, you're going to have to do really hard shit. And while you're lying and playing small, how the fuck do you expect to do hard shit? My, my wife and I, man, I'm 42 and I just got remarried. I got remarried six months ago. I, for all intents and purposes, I'm the, I'm the ultimate bachelor, right? I'm single. I'm halfway decent looking. I got a, a pretty nice bot. I drive a nice car. I got a big business and all thing. I should just be that male gigolo that has all the fucking issues and just fucks hot chicks all day long. Well, the cool part is I do get a fuck a hot chick. It's just my wife. The, the reality is like, I'm with the woman where we speak openly and candidly about everything. And people say, oh, you're lucky. I, it ain't luck. I built it. I built this. And every man listening right now, well, my old lady this and my old lady that. Fuck you, bro. Quit being a fucking pussy. Quit being a fucking pussy. 
You're more beta than anybody else out there running around with a pink fucking vagina hat on saying equal rights, equal rights. Fuck you, bro. Like it is your responsibility to navigate the course. It is your responsibility to speak your fucking truth. I tell my wife all the time I can call her up here and I, I wouldn't even need to coach her on this. I don't care about feelings. I care about truth. Our relationship is not based around the emotional connection. It's based around truth. It's based around honesty. And I tell her this all the time. I'm going to say things and I'm not running around like a dickhead, just whipping out dumb shit, but I'm not, I will never sacrifice truth for your feelings. I will never sacrifice truth for your feelings. And most men listening to this right now, you're way more in your feelings than you're in your truth. I can't tell my wife that because she'll fuck you. You're the one lying. No wonder your relationship is shit. Well, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to like go out there and get to hustle and the grind. Then don't be surprised why you're making 50 G's for the rest of your life, bro. Well, I got a bad back and a bad, I got a bad back. Everybody's got a bad fucking back. We all got bum ass knees from who the fuck knows what thing back in college. We're all fucked up. My knees sound like popcorn and I'm ripped as shit. What's your excuse again? Just stop lying, man. Straight up, just stop fucking lying. Tell the truth. Like sit down with your woman and tell her the fucking truth. Sit down with your children. If you look at yourself in the mirror and be honest, be radically fucking honest about what you want and watch what happens to your life. Watch what happens to your income. Watch what happens to your body. Watch what happens to your sex life. Watch what happens to all of it. God, I love this. I, I, I knew this was going to be fire. Um, I want to take a slight, a slight pivot here and, and talk about religion a little bit if, if, if you're open no. for it. So um, this it. is this something I talked with, with Mickler about when I had had him on. Um, I know you're, you know, you, you guys ran a promo last week with uh, Lions Not Sheep giving out a constitution uh, with every purchase. I know your man that loves America. I know your man that loves God is as well. And, you know, John Adams you know, famously said that the U.S. Constitution was written for moral and religious people. So my question, Sean, is as we are kind of seeing, you know, I guess we're kind of talking politics and religion kind of kind of at the same time. We're kind of seeing, you know, what what the U.S. and, and what America is really about kind of disappear. Uh, the meaning behind what this country was founded on is, is slowly fading away. There's 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 a large portion of this population that really wants that to be gone. And there's you know, there's this, the other side that is trying to save that. So what and at the same time, you know, we're, we're, we're pulling God out of school like you can't say. You can't say the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, you can't, you can't openly talk about these things. And I'm not saying that we need to force that kind of stuff down, but knowing that the people that wrote this and founded this country knew that we needed some faith, some religion, or some connection with a higher being and God, what role do you see kind of pulling God out, kind of the lack of uh, a, a religious uh, upbringing or, or a real sense of morality kind of in the world? What, like, what do you see as far as the connection in? And how we're seeing that kind of play out in, in the problems that we're having here in the country. You want to know what's really alarming about all this is how weak men have become. Well, real, what the fuck does my spirituality and my connection to God have to do with you or a school or a government or a pledge of allegiance? What does my connection to God have to do with anybody? Nothing has nothing to do with anything. 
I firmly believe what I believe. I firmly stand where I stand. My children know. My children stand. What we're seeing is men that are, that are running around town bitching and moaning and crying. And they're taking God out of schools. Who, who, what? Who's stopping your child from standing up and saying the Pledge of Allegiance? Who's stopping you from praying in the restaurant in front of everybody? Nobody. Who's stopping you from worshiping God? Nobody. We're, you're seeing men that are cowering down, that are just cowering down. They're little, little sick little puppies going, well, well, uh, I'm scared to do this now because fuck you, bro. Grow a set of testicles. You believe in God? I preach this shit from now. You, you follow me on social media for any period of time. I talk about God openly, openly, all the time. Yo, your mystical, magical guy in the sky. I don't give a fuck what you believe. I truly do not give a damn what my neighbor believes, what he does, what he doesn't do. It's not my job. My job is to create what? A relationship with deity. James 1.5. If any of you ask wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. If you want to know about a Ford, you don't go to a Chevy guy. You want to know about a Porsche, you don't go to a Ferrari guy. You want a relationship with God, stop worrying about what every other fucking asshole around town's doing and go talk to the man. You want to fucking like have a, a family that's deeply rooted, men, lead. Quit fucking bitching and writing your congressman and your senator. Stand the fuck up. Put the flag on the back of your house. Pray with your children. Kneel with them. Don't fucking blame that shit on anybody else. The reason that darkness is running rampant is because the motherfuckers ain't willing to shine light. Mm. Same quote. The only, way, the only way darkness wins is if good men don't do jack shit. The only, what is, the only way evil wins is if good men don't do jack shit. See what? I, I believe in God very, very firmly. I am not a religious man. Um, I no longer subscribe to any one dogma of religion. I grew up Catholic. I was Catholic for 17 years. I was Mormon for quite a while. I served a Mormon mission. I think the Bhagavad Gita, the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the New Testament, the Old Testament are fucking brilliant books, and they all have amazing lessons to teach us. But the reality is, like, we spend more time bitching and moaning about what Nancy Pelosi is saying than connecting with our deity. We spend more time bitching and moaning about what the schools are doing than deeply rooting our children in faith. So how are we, what, what, what? Because I have we've, no we've replaced We've replaced God with all of it. Who, who replaced God? Well, not me. I mean, not, not, not you, but. There you go. Who replaced God? The people that thinking that, that, Government's going to solve your problem. The thinking that the people that think that education is supposed to raise your kids, the people that think yeah. that um, they're lost you know. anyways. Those motherfuckers are lost anyways. Those are the deadbeat dads who go to work twenty hours a day, who think somehow, some way, morality from school system is going to teach their kid. And, mm -hmm. and those are the same parents. When you're at dinner, there's the entire fucking families on their iPhones, right? We ain't talking about that conversation. What what, what you're talking about is what's going on in the country and how do we how do we change this you want to know how you change it you want to know the single most important thing that a man can do right now more than anything else on planet fucking earth is getting his house in order if your house ain't in order friends don't be surprised when the storm comes and it rips that motherfucker down 
If your finances aren't in order, don't be surprised that you're a slave to a system. If your relationship with your family is not in order, don't be surprised that there's so much war and contention within the walls of your own home. If your fat ass can't run a fucking mile and get around town and whoop some shit and learn how to fight, don't be surprised that you get fucked up in the movie theater while you're getting your sub at Subway. Straight up. Like no one is coming to save you, period. It is your job and your job alone. And, I, and I'm making an assumption here that, that the vast majority are men. If they're not ladies, same thing to you. Get your fucking house in order. Like there is nothing more important for me as a father than to have my home in order to ensure that my children know my testimony, not all the bullshit happening out there, my testimony. It's my responsibility to produce, protect, provide words that Mickler likes to use. Period, end of story. So this entire conversation about what do we do? What do we do? What would happen if 10, 20, 50, 100 million men and their homes quit worrying about the pink vagina hat motherfuckers and actually focused on their home? You want to know what happened? We'd be just fine. Yes. What do we do? We spend all our time bitching and moaning about everybody else, worrying about everybody else's shit. Not my house, not me. Spend, spend all our time consuming information and then and then commenting on uh, Sean Whalen's private chat photo. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I'm right there with you. I mean, this this entire conversation can be summed up in two words: personal responsibility. That's it. Uh, that may be the title. It may be the shortest title of the podcast. I might not even might just say Sean Whalen says personal responsibility. That's it. Last um, thing I want to. Yeah, I want to ask you about. Uh, I want to ask you about being a father and, and, and being a dad. I love the way you speak about uh, your role now as as a dad and, and, and the legacy that you want to leave through your kids. So, if you can, just kind of share your philosophy on being a dad and, and, and kind of how you're showing up, you know, day to day with your kids. Um, there's a there's a video that I have on YouTube, um, and it's titled "My Son," and I speak frequently about this. You know. I, I don't remember a whole lot of the things like my dad told me, but I remember what he showed me. And as I have looked back as a grown man now with sons and, and a daughter, as I have looked back, I realized that I can tell my kids how to dream or they can just watch me living mine. I can tell my kids how to be happy or they can just watch me be happy. I can tell my kids that it's important to eat good food and to work out. Or they can watch me fucking take my shirt off and I'm ripped as shit. Like I can tell my kids all of these things or I can live them because the truth of the matter is a lot of us, a lot of men listening to this were told when we were little kids, you go to the moon, you want to be an astronaut, you can be an astronaut, you can go to the fuck, you can do it all by a man and a woman not living their own dreams. You remember watching your dad get up every morning before the sun went up? Coming home after the sun went down, going to a job that he fucking hated telling you to live your dreams. It's all possible. You can do whatever you want. And I decided years ago, as I worked 20 hour days for 15 years and did the deal and I burned the whole thing to the ground, I said, I will never, ever, ever tell my children something that I'm not going to live myself. And I just made a personal declaration to myself, a personal declaration to my God, that I will show my children what dreams are, show my children how to build big things, show my children how to love a woman, show my children how to be a man versus telling them how to be a man. We spend way too much time telling our kids 
shit that we're not doing. We spend way too much time telling our kids what to do and then us not doing it. You think they don't see you? You think they don't see you and mommy fucking arguing all day long, but then you're like, gotta treat women right. You think they don't see you bitching and moaning and going to a job that you fucking hate day after day after day while you tell them, you sure you can go be an astronaut? Sure, you can go be whatever you want while you hate your life? Fellas, less talking, more living. Less talking, more showing. Yeah, that same thing I said about uh, your subconscious kind of keeping tally of all the things you say when you lie and when you don't lie and when you do tell the truth. Your kids are paying attention just as much as... They're as smart as shit, man. These kids are smart as shit. That's, that's, that's powerful. You want to show your kids how to live out their dreams? Be the example of living out yours. That's, that's incredible, brother. Um, dude, I, I could talk to you for forever. Obviously, we're, we're coming up on the, the, uh, the hard stop here. So um, people know where to find Sean, but is there anything, you know, up and coming, excited about, you know, new things uh, that people should be on the lookout for? Or, or how do they get in touch with the Lions Den? Lions Not Sheep, this where can people connect with you? I've got one question we'll ask you uh, to finish it up here. Yeah, uh, lionsnotsheep.com, seanwhalen.com. We got some really, really, really fun stuff coming in Q4. Um, I've got a documentary, like I mentioned earlier, that uh, awesome. we spent a lot of time and a lot of money on that we just actually finished shooting. So we're in the editing process now. So I'm looking at uh, October, late October for that okay. actually premiering and releasing. But it's a full-blown you know, full blown documentary on Lions Not Sheep. And I'm super, super, super excited about it. So. Awesome, man. Yeah, guys, we'll get all, all Sean's information uh, plugged down there in the in the show notes. Um, so, Sean, we end every episode with this one last question. You know, obviously, the title of the show is The Superman Life. We talked a little bit about, you know, my struggles, kind of, you know, the series of, you know, this journey that I've been on these last couple of years. But when I talk about living a Superman life, for me, it's a it's a belief system. It's, it's, it's my mantra, I guess. You know, you got lines, not sheep. I got the, the Superman life. This is how I set up and how I try to operate and show up in the world. And it's coming from the belief that I do believe you were all put on this earth for a purpose. There's a calling on Sean's life. There's a calling on my life. There's a calling on every single person listening to this, but you, you, you don't step into that calling without taking the steps, without taking action, without taking responsibility for, for your part. So you kind of get co-pilot, you know, with God or with creator, with deity, whatever, whatever that is. But for me, that's the super life is understanding that your purpose is, was put on this earth for you and that you're doing everything within your power daily to manifest and share that purpose with the world. So I'd like to get the guest take here, Sean, as we bring it home. How would you define living a superhuman life? Mm, how do I define living a superhuman life, man? Being completely and fully present. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's a figment of my imagination. I, the only thing that I have complete and utter control over is this exact moment. When I find myself depressed, I'm thinking about yesterday. When I'm anxious, I'm thinking about tomorrow. You find you, you create the ability to live in a singular moment and you are as superior and superhuman as any human being on this planet. Love that brother. And I appreciate you. You were present for, for this hour guys out there. Um, take responsibility, take action. You're in control. You're in charge, create your destiny, create your life, be present with your kids, be the example, but then the day make shit happen and be a lion, not a sheep. We love you guys out there. Really hope today spoke to you. If it did, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and written review. If you guys haven't done so yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button. For Sean Whalen, Frank Rich, we love you guys. See you next week.